Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Hyundai Ionic Electric Premium SE Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. Guess who had the car, everyone? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's like a flipping great big shouty sign thing going, ah, Andrew wrote the heading. And Alan decided that he would just not bother his bottom changing it. It's quite a short one, really. It's not bad. for your, By your standards, it's, it's really not bad, despite the fact that is about the longest, I think... From high I know it could only be if you'd if you'd done a Hyundai Ionic plug-in hybrid premium SE, it would have been longer. Yeah, there you go. So uh, that's my that's that will go back to Hyundai's feedback. The names are not. D- long no, enough. don't. don't, don't <laughs> Alan was don't. disappointed. Don't because their 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 PR have the same sick sense of humour as you do. <laughs> the, uh, this is this is the new version of a car that we're very familiar with and fond of. Yes, it is. It's had a facelift refresh insertion of the latest tech that Hyundai have got that you've sampled in another special edition we've done. Yes, yes, sorry, the Kona EV. Yes, please remember that you've done <laughs> I knew I'd done it. I was just making sure that was the correct yes, one. that is the one. So I, I wanted to see how it had improved in the time since we charged around Britain in mm-hmm. six days, six long, long days. I think we've just about recovered. Yeah. We're still speaking to each other. It's quite impressive. Yeah. The looks are very much the same, pretty much. But what has changed is the tech side and the range. So this electric engine is uh, mated up to a 38.3 kilowatt per hour battery, giving 136 of the metric horses, or whatever we're going to start saying the electric version of that is. It's got a single speed transmission, as you would expect. And this has an official WLTP range of 193 miles. That's quite a bit longer than the old one. Yes. And I never ran it to the limit, but having read elsewhere, people get very close to that doing normal driving. I said that before about the Kona EV. What's nice is that what it says the charge is going to be is what the charge is. What it says the range is going to be is pretty much what the range is going to be. And you have a lot of faith in that. The differing of conditions is having less of an effect these days with the latest tech, <laughs> I think is what we're also discovering. So it's more consistent yeah. through various environments. So that, that which is great, which, which helps people who just want a car. <laughs> to to be honest, well, I, I, we might as well talk about range now when we are talking about range. Surprise! But one of the things I found between the the, the electric Hyundai in the, in the past, the E Golf, and and similar, is that is that to an extent it doesn't matter what your range is, as long as what the car is telling you, the distance to the car is telling you there is left. At the start of a journey kind of matches up with what actually happens then that's okay then it's easy to work around stuff yeah it's when there's a disparity there that, that actually range anxiety kicks in and you're not really sure yeah you've gone 50 miles and 100 mile journey and then suddenly it's it's chopped 20 miles off its range you just go hang on a minute that's not planned <laughs> yes yeah exactly, exactly. but I, I didn't have any of those problems so price wise this is 
35,950 on the road as standard, but with current government incentive, which is £3,000, that obviously brings it down to 32,950. I had a quick shifty on the internet for PCP costs, and if you throw down 2,000, £2,100 deposit and say you're going to do 10,000 annual miles, you're looking roughly at £340, £345 a month over 40 months. So that's not monstrously bad not at all and remember that fuel on top of that is very very cheap yes it is the the running costs are uh, really very much in its favor this was a press car so obviously there was an an optional extra and that was only the color and it was color tax of 565 pounds for the color i had so in total it was 33,515 pounds that's not so bad for a five-seater electric vehicle of nearly two hundred miles, I don't think it is. No, well, you could you could pay you could pay a bit more and have one from a a, a different brand. Yeah, if you wanted, but yeah, there is now a fair old choice building up in that kind of zone as well. There is, because of course, there's going to be there's going to be the ID three, there's a Tesla Model three, there's, there's there are a, a number. Uh, in and around that particular price. Yeah, and that's before you go to SUVs, small SUVs, because there's the, yeah. um, what's the little Kia, the cute little Kia? Uh, the e-Nero. That's, these are the ones I was think, trying to think of. The e-Nero, you've got the new um, Citroen. Kia Soul EV. Oh, that one too, yeah. yeah. That's that's one I'd be keen to try out. But anyway, to, we, do, mm-hmm. we, dig, we digress somewhat um, yes. from there. Uh, but yes, you are quite right that there is m- much more choice than there was just a couple of years ago. So, which is great for uh, the consumers, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the changes in <laughs> legislation and society's thoughts on vehicles. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so this is a Hyundai's EV car as opposed to SUV. So it's been designed with aero and range efficiencies in mind not rage as i've typed therefore when you when you get to the rear it's got one of those split rear windows um so it's sort of like almost like a fastbacky type bit that has the spoiler going across the middle and then there's a small portion of glass underneath yeah it's got a sharp cam tail at the back so because it that that's a sharp cut off reduces drag and yep air issues yeah so some people don't like a split tailgate I found that you adjust quite quickly, and when it comes to reversing, there's a there's cameras as standard. I think throughout the range, so I think they are. It's yes. not an issue, you know, and with sensors and everything. Uh, the car I had came in intense blue. Uh, there are other options: <laughs> polar white, fluidic meta- metal, which is a sort of silvery green metallic. According looking at the pictures, but I'm not sure if it's there's there's various pictures on brochures and websites and they don't seem to quite match up. So I don't know whether it's a silvery beige or a silvery green. They seem to flick between right. the two. Hopefully a silvery green because the silvery green, a description of a silvery green sounds quite nice. I'll, I'll take a little it's look. It's a very hint of green though. It's not... Mm. There's fiery red, which is a metallic red. Uh, that's rather nice looking actually. Phantom black, surprise, surprise what that is. Electric shadow, which is a medium grey, and typhoon silver, which is silver. Is fluidic metal, sorry, is that is that not just grey? Uh not just silver. It's what we used to call oh, as was typhoon silver. Yeah. It's like dark silver. All right, well, that'll do. 
Only polar white comes without any color tax. Uh, personally, I'd go for the blue or the red. If it was me mm-hmm. and my money, I think they, they, they make it stand out nicer and they suit the car. Uh, the car sat on 16-inch optimized wheels called alloy wheel brackets electric type close brackets. I love it when manufacturers really go to town on naming their alloy wheels. <laughs> These are the wheels that the car comes with, and that is it. They are your options. It comes with those because it helps with the WLTP and all that sort of stuff because they've been specially designed, again, for aero and they use tyres that are low rolling resistance, etc., etc. You'll see more Ionics on the road now, particularly because they've got the plug-in hybrid versions, which seem to be quite popular with the taxi fraternity. They said, Well, they are up our way. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes to show how confident people are in the build quality as well if people were worried about Hyundai build quality which if you've listened to our previous special editions when we've reviewed Hyundai's that's not a worry <laughs> it's, that is, it doesn't seem to be and nobody I've spoken to who owns one has, has ever had really an issue yeah. at all with anything yeah so, yeah I mean, the easy way to spot the difference between the versions of the Ionic uh, is the grill again the uh, EV has a solid plastic panel across where a mesh grill would go. The original Ionic had this uh, plain grey. It was like a Hannibal Lecter mask. That's why, and I thought it always made it the least attractive of the different options. Yes, it it wasn't good. There's now it's uh, it's much more textured, and they've got little indents that make it look a little bit like a grill. However, the colour is still very different to the other grey silver panels on the car mm-hmm. i think they could have kept it the same as same color and the fact that it's mounted slightly proud would have been the differential are there still the copper accents not on the car as, I had. as well no. not on the car you had because no. that used to be the other way was was you could tell that someone had copper accents on and that was an ev as opposed to a a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid yeah no they they aren't used anymore i don't think I think overall it's qu- it's quite a neutral look and there's and I don't mean that in a that I'm disappointed because I think it it represent it looks like it's representing now as opposed to the future which would scare people off I think with the look they've gone for the more conservative car buyer will be happy to own yeah but it's still a bit more oh look I'm driving something I'm driving something which is a bit more out there than an e-golf, for example, yes. which was the absolute epitome of stealth electric. Yes. <laughs> so what about the interior then? Well, we shall start around the back like we always do. Now, the rear hatch opens, and I mentioned this before, but in a, a sort of fastbacky way. So you actually get a really big opening to the boot. However, there is quite a step to get over the boot lid, the lip, even lip, not lid, lip into the the boot itself, which has got a nice big flat floor. There is no real underneath the floor because obviously there's the battery side of things, mm-hmm. as you as you would expect, because that's where they they're putting it all. There aren't any curry hooks, unfortunately. However, behind one of the wheel arches, there is a there's quite a big bin area that you can put a couple of bags of shopping or a bag of shopping, so it's not going to go all over the place. Uh, the boot capacity with the seats up is 357 litres, and with them down is 1,417. That's quite 
big. Yes. Again, I think that fastbacky shape helps a lot with that. Mm-hmm. For the rear passengers, there's two and three quarter seats in the rear. <laughs> uh, there's two obvious seats, and the one in the middle has a nice flat area. It's not as though it's one of these curved ones that falls mm-hmm. away either side. But there is a bit of intrusion from the transmission tunnel for the middle passenger if you do have a middle passenger. But there's loads of legroom in there. Is it the only thing that could possibly be a problem is if you're a little bit taller than average. It's obviously got the sloping roof because of the design and you might rub your head on the headlining if you're mm-hmm. if you're abnormally tall or above average height that is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to someone who isn't. <laughs> so short short journeys only for the, the, for the really unless tall you're people. unless you're a sprocky okay. okay. Seats up front and back were leather coated. That's a that's a standard. There's no no optional extra on that. You just select that. Well, premium SE is the top spec anyway. That's what you get. You don't yeah. get you don't get cloth. You get the perforated leather. Yep. The front are heated and cooled as well, um, which is which is nice. And the space up front again, like the rear, there's there's plenty of room. It just feels like a car. You know, it's one one of these. <laughs> Sometimes you have to explain it to people who don't, who aren't that interested in cars, and just only get interested when it comes time to get a new one. You go, you won't notice the difference. Really, you just won't. It's a car. Don't mm-hmm. think it's a spaceship or anything or anything too fancy. It, it it's a nice car to sit in, and that's what it is. Everything is where you'd expect it to be. I mean, the dash and steering wheel are straight out of the Hyundai design book of. Everything is exactly where you would expect it to be. Yeah, just the same as the i30, etc. And it's it's yeah. just there. They, they seem to have, and we've we've mentioned this before when we've reviewed Hyundai's, but they seem to have gone to great lengths to make the actual task of using the car as easy as possible, so you can concentrate on the driving mm-hmm. as a driver, anyway. Yeah, I've, I've, I have been around, around some Hyundai, which which really you, you don't think they're concentrating on the driving, so you do wonder what quite what they're doing, but yes. <laughs> uh, Material-wise, there's a, a typical mix of trims, so there's plastics, there's leather and metal. Nothing felt cheap at all where you were going to touch it and or handle it or repeatedly interface with it. Um, there are, of course, harder-wearing plastics where it doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. if people complain about that, then, well, I think you're looking for something to complain about. Why are you grappling at the lower part of the dashboard? Yeah, up underneath behind where the pedals are and things, you know. Why are you yes. worried? Why are you worried where that feels like? <laughs> so the steering wheel, it's got all the controls you'd expect today. So the ability to do to interact with the media system and voice control, cruise control and limiter. There's also behind it, there's two uh, flappy paddles, and that's for the regeneration on the battery under braking of how much or how little you want the regen to kick in. Now, just quickly, did this, I don't know if now is the time, oh, I'll ask you now because you're talking about flappy paddles. Did this have the auto regen function of the Kona EV? Yes, it did. Okay, are you going to talk about that later? Yes, I am. Okay, I'll shut up then. <laughs> there's a big digital display behind the steering wheel uh, seven inch tft actually it was really really nice for the central binnacle and again you can adjust and mix that up to show the sort of stuff you want it to show like the regeneration action that's happening live the energy usage trip computer info next direction on the 
sat nav, all that sort of stuff that you would expect. And there's also the the color would change depending on the particular driving mode that's engaged, if that matters to you. I like it. I mean, I suppose it's nice if you've if you think you're in one and you're actually not, so it's it's a nice reminder. But mm-hmm. on the Kona, the um, the dash changed and it sort of gamified it slightly differently depending on what you were doing. So if you're on eco, it was sort of stressed that a bit more, and that's where the sort of little mental target bits were. Whereas in comfort, it was just normal, and then sport, it all went red. Yes, red for sport. Sport quite why you'd need sport in this i don't know but uh, we'll get to that when we get to the driving (laughs) and for those who listen and are waiting with bated breath i can confirm you don't need to worry about the volume dial orientation the symbol was located next to the button vertically it's so easy it's so easy well done it's the simplest solution you have avoided that particular pitfall of the it just podcast annoyed so many people and its audience. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've failed with the lack of curry hooks, though. So, so. Well, I'll take the big bin. That, that's okay. They, yeah. they weren't ignoring the issue completely. Right. Okay. When it comes to the the rest of the dashboard, it's uh, as you'd expect. There's a 10 inch touchscreen on the top of the dash. It's got the air vents beneath that. Heating controls below that. Charging ports. That's USB and two 12 volt adapters, actually. A large tray, because there's no gearboxy bit, there's this sort of hole with a tray at the bottom where you can put mm. stuff. Drop phones into it, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, that sort of yeah. thing. And then as you come down the transmission tunnel, you get to the uh, drive selector. Buttons for driving modes does feel like the future, I have to say. that was, I did enjoy that element to it yeah the push button engage engaging of park reverse neutral drive etc etc it, it i don't know it's just such a great it does feel like the future yeah but you will not do fast three point turns though with it no no so no, it, it, there is that to appreciate but i'll take that over pressing the buttons <laughs> to yeah. be honest then there was the heated cooling seat controls the drive mode button the camera button so you could have that on even if you weren't uh, reversing so you if you were somewhere tight to help you see where you were uh, there's the auto hold and the parking sensor activation buttons uh, before you get to the electronic handbrake cars got nice wide doors and they weren't heavy either so all members of the crack windscreen family could easily open and shut and control the door so they weren't flinging them open me going in fear of dents nor were they nor were they struggling to open them at all so great for families easy to use what you want that's what you need i tried to hustle hustle you into talking about driving earlier on um now is the appropriate time so go for it yeah so i didn't bother to go to Brussels and back and pretend that was a normal journey for me and for what is expected of this car. So can you can you not drive to Brussels on one bladder? Very sorry, everyone who expects that nowadays from the way EVs are covered. I just used it like I would my own because that is exactly the role that car would be used for. Mm-hmm. It was used for a, be a family car to do family things and then stuff i needed to do when the family weren't there uh, and that's what i did and I, I don't understand the the need anymore for such silly silly drives come on as people who dr- right 
you're putting us in you're putting us in a bad position now because of course we did right round the UK, but every no, time I see a new EV, though, because we why? were because testing it what it was like to drive an EV then, not can we go to the ends of the earth and back on one tank? Oh, no, you can't. Yeah, okay. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And what we did then, by the way, really quite. I'm I'm loath to say it, but it's probably quite easy now. Yeah. I think yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're driving along, the steering's light. When you're in the uh, urban areas or uh, and such, it's really easy to manoeuvre. And the ride is definitely more towards the comfy side of things. Helpful, along with the tyres that were on it, helpful in this day and age with the fabulous condition of roads we have. Yeah. <laughs> Don't underestimate the power of sidewalls. Yes. Not right now at the minute, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, and again, that suited the car perfectly, and the way that I drove it round. Because uh, whilst there were times that I, I did throw it into the sport mode just to see what that's like, and just to you know, does it does it change actually? And yes, it does. Mm-hmm. The steering gets quite a bit heavier actually, and things become a little bit more responsive and all that sort of stuff. But the comfort mode and the eco mode. Were all I really needed because oh well yes I needed I needed hugs all the time no <laughs> because th- that did everything I needed it to do with you know I, I went on the motorway a few times and at that point I put it into the um, into comfort normal mode and that was great it got me up to up to speed and I was moving with traffic and there was no problems at all so there was there was no need to uh, to be in sport or anything mm-hmm. no no exactly you only need that when you're trying to get you know. Italian camper vans out your way and stuff. Yeah, quite. <laughs> yeah. How did you get on? Because I'm one of the the things about you having an EV for a change. Because often it's often in the past it's been me that's that's chosen to have the EVs. Because you don't really have, well, you 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 have on street parking. You don't have a driveway, and you don't have easy easy and ready access to charge a vehicle. So how did you get on with that aspect of it? Because this is where people start to get knickers twisted and stuff. Well, previously I haven't, but in the last uh, in the last six months before the, the car turned up, because I had this just before the lockdown happened, hmm. and in the last six months before I had the car, we suddenly got seven new rapid chargers in town, and I got five within walking distance of my house as in five minute walking distance of my house because they're used to trying to be one that you could possibly get to if you asked the council nicely during yeah. office hours and if, stuff if somebody it? hadn't parked in it and just iced it or something because there was no other spaces <laughs> and that was just a slow charger as well mm-hmm. so uh, i never asked for any evs but now it was, it was really easy i use the genie point one because that they've teamed up with morrison's supermarket Mm-hmm. and we've got two points in our local Morrison. So I used that one. The car wasn't anywhere near to being empty or anything, but I logged in and registered, made an account, put down some minimum amount of money that they like you to put in to to make sure that you're a real person and all this sort of stuff. Plugged it in, went for a pot around town, came back, was kept a, checked twice via the internet to see how how it was getting on, mm-hmm. could see how things were going came back it had exactly used by fluke this was actually but it had used exactly the amount i had put in the account and then i unplugged it and drove it off 
Then yeah. it was it was as simple as that. I have done this with my car in that car park. I have parked up and gone into town and done the things I needed to do, come back, got in my car and driven off. Uh, and I just did exactly the same, except for it was plugged in. Yeah, and that was the first time you'd registered, obviously. So there was yep. extra bonus messing around involved there, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'd, um, done, I'd done all that in the house before I left, but then everything else I did via uh, oh, a browser so. on my mobile. Uh-huh. So when you were there, it was just done. Yeah. And it was just like your normal popping into town. Yeah. And and I've I've never looked at Genie Point before, so I didn't know if they had particular hoops one had to leap through or anything, but not at all. Just mm-hmm. when they could recognize that the car was plugged in and it was me and all this sort of stuff, then it just fired up. Perfect. That's which is what you want. That's exactly it. Totally it, it stress was, free and hassle free. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, over the time I had it, I managed uh, 3.2 miles per uh, kilowatt hour. Now, uh, I know it can do more than that, but there was a little bit of me getting used to driving an EV again, Mm -hmm. and I did an awful lot of urban miles. So I thought that was perfectly acceptable, considering for 10 quid, I'd filled it up again. (laughs) Yeah, I. Well, that's... That's it. And that was the one of the more expensive ways to charge. Yeah. As well. Yeah, it went from memory. When we did charging around Britain, we got around four point we were in the fours to the fives. But we were driving with a very close eye on economy. I, I reckon because that, that figure went up as the as the week went on, but if I reckon over a month I would definitely be the fives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can believe it. Because yeah. I played about with the different levels of regen and that sort of thing and used the different modes. But if it was just me, longer term, I would have I would select my mode. I would have had my regen sit as standard because the auto regen was really good. It was just it's now and cracking, again isn't on it? particular roads coming up to, like at the end of a couple of motorways near us, we come into a giant traffic island. And I would increase it then because it would reach, it would regen massively because there's steps in the speed going down leading up to this thing so it'd be that right you're going to regen like i'm going to i'm going to be giving you electricity soon national grid (laughs) it's it's that sort of stuff that could happen so yeah you you would quickly learn to adapt and know when and when not to bother overriding the auto regen because it 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 gets in tune with you quite quickly yes yeah i really i was so impressed by that with, yeah. with the Kona, I was that really was the thing that stood out, possibly above anything else, because it had a much larger battery. Uh, it's one of the things you get is, is, is the SUV body and a significantly larger battery, actually, uh, than than the Ionic gets. Um, uh, but that that regen was was cracking. Mm. It really was. The auto regen was was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that's that's an incredibly clever bit of tech. They've done well to have brought that out as quickly as they have. Yeah, and I, I feel, I, I'm going to reiterate what I think I said uh, a little over a year ago, which is that is the bit that really, really helps your range mm. far more than than most other things is the ability to 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 regen smoothly and just the way that that and sort of in the background as well. Yeah, where it's not the thing you're worried about or concentrating on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm loath to ask with an EV tech. No, nothing. 
No, okay, right. It's all, it's all, it was all very mechanical gear changing. Yeah. No, not fly by wire. Steampunk. Yes. No, there was a, a fair amount of safety tech, as you would expect these days. So there was lane departure warning and the lane keeping assist, which having driven Hyundai's before, and I tested it out again here, it's a very good system they've got. It really does keep you, for the roads it is designed for, it keeps you in the right place very well. And when you're not on the roads that it's designed for, there's a big button that you can use to turn it off with one press. Exactly. Again, another easy win for me. Yep. There's a driver attention alert. Now, I haven't had a chance to delve into what that is, whether it's just one of those, you've been driving for so long, so we'll throw a fake coffee sign no, at you, no, or it, whether it's actually monitoring how you drive. No, I know what that is. That's the, I as a car don't feel that you're holding onto the steering wheel tightly enough and moving it appropriately. Oh, okay. I get it sometimes if I have the lane departure warning and lane keeping assist on, because it's making such a nice job, I'm holding very, very lightly. Mm-hmm. And it goes, bing, you're not doing enough. So you sort of sit there, have to sit there and go, wiggle, 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 wiggle for a few seconds as you go, Ugh, which is unnecessary because it's, you know, you're on the M1, the lanes are wide, the markings are clear. Yeah. There's been no need to correct it at any point. Yeah. And yet sometimes it goes, oh, just tell me you're there, would you? So that's what that is. Yeah. It's also got uh, what they call autonomous emergency braking. Now, it didn't go off on my famous usual route that normally sets them off. So I was impressed with that, although I did then just switch it off in case it did start giving me false positives. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I just don't like that at all. It's got blind spot detection system and rear cross traffic alert. That's all tied in with the rear parking camera. And obviously it's got uh, adaptive cruise control, which works really well. It's a very smooth system they've got. Mm. So that's that's a good one. And plus you can get quite close for one of these systems to the vehicle in front if you bring down the range that you want it to sense. Go full always, Yeah, not quite that bad. <laughs> The other tech is the battery tech, and we we talked about it there, but that, that regen, I mean, just to reiterate, the, the regeneration system is so much smoother and more efficient than when we went round Britain. Mm-hmm. We'd easily do it in that same time. What I think would happen is our days would be a lot shorter. Yes. Well, at the beginning, we got it all wrong, didn't we? Whereas yes. if we'd just been able to set it in auto, it would have just done it for us as we learned. Yeah. Whereas we, we mucked it up for the first day and a half, at least. Mm. despite ourselves we managed to do it <laughs> yeah yeah it's one of the reasons i think it's great yeah so overall andrew uh, i really love the relaxed nature of driving an ev and in particular this one with the ride comfort uh the quiet the smoothness and combined with hyundai's making it as easy as possible to use trademark system they can have that it's all right we're just ideas guys here on this podcast the driving was a doddle uh, it really was. And there was, uh, the time I had it, there was many times I was very glad that it was a doddle um, mm. uh, with the stuff that was going on. So it was, it, it was just nice to get in and drive. It's not a car I'd say that I, I jumped in and had a big massive grin on at the end of it. You know, there's some cars you go, whatever the journey you just go, that was hilarious or brilliant. I loved yes. it. I've done 50 yards, but it's, that's been awesome. This was more, I'm so chilled and relaxed now, and that was so nice to, even though it was a dull journey because of the the environment I was in, that I, I was just I looked forward to driving it. 
that's pretty high praise. Yeah. So I reckon if you're looking for a family-sized EV capable of nearly 200 miles in range, you've got to check this out. <laughs> it remains an excellent car, and now it's been updated in terms of the looks, which are slight tweaks, and the technology. And as we've said there, uh, I reckon we 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 would have much shorter days. We wouldn't have as many midnight finishes. <laughs> yeah, we, we we would actually enjoy it a lot more. Yes. Yes. We would be able to enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. Awesome. Nice one. Don't forget, folks, between now and next time, you give us any feedback, share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget about our Patreon or to leave a review and ratings on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, if people want to know more about the Ionic EV, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to know more possibly about the Kona, as well as how how dreadful was it to go around Britain with me, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? <laughs> Uh, well, the best way is to use Twitter, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. Uh, we'll be back before very long, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring. <laughs>